It's only a kick. A jump. A block. It's only a serve. It's only a tackle. A run. It's only for the fans. After all, it's only pressure. You got this. Adidas. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDIC. The Browns are on the field out in Berea and Jarvis Landry doing what Jarvis Landry does. The one-handed catch from Baker Mayfield on the bullet. Hello, everybody, and welcome to Sports for CLE. Hope your Thursday is off to a great start. Browns back out on the field in Berea. Day two of training camp. No fans yet. That's coming tomorrow. Um, But it is great to have football back in Berea. Some old faces doing some familiar things, as we saw with Jarvis Landry. Some new faces getting down to business in Berea during training camp. Good look at Jadavian Clowney uh, working on that heavy bag. Let's welcome in the D-man, Dennis Maniloff uh, from WTA 1100, 106.9 FM, Indians pre- and post-game. Uh, D-man, uh, I love seeing the Browns helmets uh, back at work getting ready for the NFL season. Yes, uh, it, it was great yesterday, except when Greedy Williams went to the locker room. <laughs> oh, no. <laughs> Luckily, it was heat-related, so we didn't have to worry about the shoulder. But um, so many uh, good signs, and, you know, starting with OBJ coming back and and looking as good as he did. But the the caution is always that every NFL team is optimistic at at camp time. I think even Kevin Stefanski mentioned yesterday in his meeting with uh, reporters this time of year is designed for everybody to be enthusiastic and uh, bullish on their teams. So, uh, you know, you have to take that optimism with a grain of salt, but it's still great to see everybody out there. So um, you mentioned Greedy Williams, so some news and notes to get everybody up to date. Uh, Brown's still on the field practicing, but um, as you mentioned, Greedy Williams left, heat-related, is back out practicing. Richard Higgins 
rolled his ankle. He is not practice, practicing today. Odell Beckham Jr. not practicing was a scheduled day off. Demetric Felton working out with the wide receivers. That's a guy with all that versatility as well. And, and we also learned that Anthony Walker, the uh, free agent linebacker that they signed, will be the defensive play caller, the green dot guy, as they say. Uh, John Johnson wore the green dot for the uh, Rams and is very capable, but they're going with Anthony Walker. It just shows you they got guys that they're very comfortable with that um, are kind of the football gym rats who want to get after it and play football. There's no doubt. Either one of those guys, uh, Johnson or Walker, could uh, could do that, could be the green dot guy. And, um, you know, I I like the – the way the Browns have constructed this roster. No guarantees, of course. Um, you only know what you accomplished so far. If you're the Browns, and last year there was an 11-victory team with a playoff berth. But uh, it, it looks like a group that has a lot of athleticism and a lot of smarts, a lot of uh, football smarts. And you would think if you're going to play for these Browns, you have to be smart because – you know, Andrew Barry and Paul DePodesta and Kevin Stefanski, the Ivy League trio, um, they certainly bring it when it comes to the intellect. So uh, if you're going to play for those guys, for that paradigm, you've got to be smart. Uh, you know, the, the other thing is, is um, Odell Beckham Jr. continues. You know, we saw some video. We've seen the reports. He looks like he's good to go. Full clearance and um, – and the, the Browns are being smart by, okay, they, they had him out there yesterday. They're giving him today off, you know, a normal day. It was planned. Um, and, and I'm sure part of that is uh, Kevin Stefanski wants him to be participating in training camp. Again, there won't be any pads, but when there are fans there, he wants the fans to be able to see Odell working out. That, and that would be the thought process, I'm sure. Yeah, I mean, it, it was great to see uh, Beckham out there doing Beckham things. And I think we take it for granted sometimes, Dave, how difficult it is to come back from significant injuries, even in the era of modern medicine, even in the 21st century when these got, these doctors do incredible things with uh with major surgeries and are able to fix players up so much better than they were let's say 30 40 years ago but even when you have the surgery done you still have so much to do and there's so much physical therapy involved and and uh credit to beckham for getting back to where he is which looks to be explosive uh as soon as he did i mean you can never, in my mind, guarantee anybody's coming back from a, a major knee surgery, but uh, Beckham has has done an excellent job in the rehab. Yeah, and, you know, we heard from him at his camp um, earlier in the week, and he sounds like he's in a good place as well. Well, Kevin Stefanski talked about the dynamic and in, in the, the paradigm of having Odell Beckham and Jarvis Landry, how they push not only each other, but pretty much everybody, and he thinks that's a really good thing. Two guys that, that came in in great shape, good understanding what we're doing, and, and they're pushing each other. They're pushing the other receivers. Uh, you know, we want practice to be competitive, uh, even when you're on air, even when you're not going against the defense. We want to be competitive. We want to push each other. Uh, I was fortunate uh, when I was with the Vikings to be around Stephon Diggs and Adam Thielen and to see those guys push each other. Uh, I think that's a great, great message to the rest of the team. I think that's kind of what you have with our two guys that you mentioned. Uh, they they push each other. They they you watch them move out at practice, and then even when they work to, off to the side, you know, it could be a special teams drill, but to see veterans go over there and get extra work, I think, sends a great message to the rest of the team. And again, it's Kevin Stefanski on Cleveland Browns Daily, uh, the, the show that Cleveland Browns do. And, you know, that's, that's absolutely right. If, if you've got your two big-name guys leading the way, everybody, especially the young guys, are going to follow. First of all, Dave, does anybody look better in the brownie elf cap than Kevin Stefanski? I mean, I think that's his go-to cap, and he he loves it, and he looks great in it, by the way. Uh, But here's the thing about Beckham and Landry. I mean, they are leaders for sure, but you wouldn't care if they weren't leaders as long as they produced. 
So it helps to have both. It helps to have the leadership and the production. But in the minds of Landry, I won't say it, probably, but this could very well be their final year together. You don't know. I mean, I guess in the NFL, every year is a is a crapshoot. You never know from year to year. It's, it, it truly is a day-to-day, week-to-week, month-to-month proposition, let alone year-to-year. But given the contract situations and given how the, the game can be, uh, we don't know if Landry and Beckham are going to continue to be teammates uh, on the Browns beyond this year. So, um, you know, maybe it's in the back of their minds they're saying, hey, let's let's make sure this is a memorable year. I would agree. And, and you know, the other thing that struck me when I was listening to Kevin Stefanski, the more he talks – the more I like him. And, and that's usually exactly the opposite for, for a coach. You, you usually kind of get to where it's like, well, here's what he's going to say. And some of his stuff, you, you know what he's going to say, but I at least understand where he's coming from. <laughs> he's an interesting cat. You know, uh, we were listening to his talk yesterday on WTAM on the show I had last night on 1100 AM, 106.9 FM. And I was talking to producer Frank, and I said, you know what? He and I both said Belichick because this, we're not comparing Stefanski's credentials to Belichick, just the way he deals with the media insofar as he doesn't give you much. You know, he's very tight-lipped about how he, he's polite and respectful and doesn't mumble, which is a lot, you know, a lot different than Belichick, but he doesn't give you a whole lot. And we were listening to the uh, reporters yesterday – uh, we love our Browns media out there. They were trying to get at Stefanski three, four different ways on a particular subject, and he just kept going, nah, I'm not going to go. I mean, one of them was COVID. You know, and he just kept saying, oh, no, no, not going not gonna to go there, not going to go there, not going to go there. So he is fun to listen to, even if he doesn't give you much. The D-Man, Dennis Maniloff, and I are going to step aside take a quick timeout. On the other side of the break, Marshawn Lynch. I'm just here so I don't get fined. We'll hear what he thinks about the Browns running back tandem. Sports for CLE. We'll be right back. Stay with us. Life is starting to get back on track, and you can too. If you or your family have experienced financial hardship as a result of COVID-19, try seeking help with full tuition assistance. Safely get the in-demand degree or training you need with online and on-campus classes. Go to trysc-edu to check out our programs and resources. So what are you waiting for? Register now for summer classes. Tri-C is where futures begin. When it comes to selling you a mattress, most retailers are handing you a line, a long line of extra steps that drive up costs and create confusion. At the Original Mattress Factory, we simplify the mattress shopping experience by building mattresses and box springs in our own local factories and selling them direct to you. It's short, sweet, and simply makes sense. So experience more than just the mattress store. Experience an original, the Original Mattress Factory. continue talking Browns football and you know Marshawn Lynch um, had a physical aggressive running style he was asked which running backs in the NFL he likes take a listen to who made his list yeah you know what I like uh I like I really I like the way uh Nick Chubb Mm. I like the way he run that thing 
Dig Henry, I like the way that you know what I mean. They put no, they, they put their body on. No, wait, those were I the didn't two. hear. What was the first name? I, I didn't hear. <laughs> Nick Chubb. Those were the two. Oh, we were Nick talking Chubb. about Goldfarb. Yep. We, were, we were talking about who's who's he going to say if I ask him this? And one of us said but Nick Chubb, and the other said Derrick Henry. Of course, yep. of course, yes. This yep. is but I mean, you know, I, it's it's a couple of them on there that I that I didn't see too. I Kareem Hunt, that boy run that thing like Matt, and he don't wear no gloves, so you know he. He gutter with it though. You <laughs> he don't do it with no gloves. He <laughs> old school pop Warner like. Let's bring back in the D man, Dennis Maniloff. and Dennis. Uh, you know, Marshawn Lynch, uh, beast mode. He invented it, and uh, he likes the Browns running back combo. That's not a surprise. Finally, something that beast mode and I have in common. <laughs> we both like Nick Chubb and, and Kareem Hunt. Uh, yeah. Beast mode is a character for sure, but um, listen, I mean, Nick Chubb to me is a is a top three, top two running. I prefer him as the best running back in the NFL. I know some people say Derrick Henry, but um, give me Chubb and then as a uh, Robin to his Batman, uh, uh, Kareem Hunt. Yeah, I, I would uh, tend to agree with you. And, uh, you know, the only thing, I, every time I see Marshawn Lynch, I think I'm just here so I don't get fined at the Super Bowl. <laughs> he, Wait, Dave, do you think that was the case in that interview? Yeah. Get, like, he's like, I, I'm just here because I'm going to get paid. That's it. There you go. <laughs> Nothing what wrong with that. Me? Nothing wrong with that. All right. Where Skittles? I didn't see Skittles. <laughs> well, you, you couldn't see below the set. He's got a little table with the Skittles on him. All right. Um, CBS Sports, five players who could break Eric Dickerson's rushing record was set in 1984, 2,105 yards. Number one, Derrick Henry. Number two, two, Dalvin Cook. Number three, Nick Chubb. Uh, They also say uh, Zeke Elliott and J.K. Dobbins. But uh, 2,105 yards rushing record. What do you make of it? (laughs) I mean, that's a lot to ask especially with this team. You know what I mean, Dave? Um, because you have so many weapons and there's only one ball. So I, I don't know. I think Nick Chubb can be a, a tremendously productive player without having to do that. The flip side of it is, and, and we've talked about this on the show for a couple of times, anybody who's going to get that amount of carries to get that amount of yards – is going there's going to be a toll on the body and I think if you're Nick Chubb I think you like being paired with Kareem Hunt because I think it extends your career and gets you another pretty big contract you can do it for for more years. Agreed, uh, you know, and, and you, if Nick Chubb's the last guy you want to ask about that type of thing because he'd be like, I I just want to <laughs> win. That's it. <laughs> whatever whatever it takes for us to win. Um, you know, if, if Nick Chubb were about chasing every last yard or chasing every last stat he wouldn't have run out of bounds last year when he had an easy touchdown um you know he's such a team player that he thought about that and he didn't want what was it philly i believe it was to get the ball back yep so chubb um chubb's a consummate pro and not to say that it, you know if in the normal course of a season you're piling up yards and you're getting close okay fine but I, I don't see that happening uh generically with the browns yeah I, I would agree they're they're gonna give the ball to cream hunt to to do enough nfl.com candidates who could make the leap so uh, a, a a guy that could ex- ascend each afc team and this one i've said before jedrick wills is who they pick nfl.com yeah you're you're very high on Jed Wills Dave. You made that known, and you know I second the motion, if you will. I I agree. I think he's a, he's a monster. Um, I love that the Browns drafted him over you know some of the other tackle candidates uh, the other year. So I, I can't wait to see uh, Jed Wills grow into being a stud. NFL offensive tackle. Yeah, I just think Bill Callahan getting getting him getting him to go through um, drills for an entire 
training camp preseason, I think that will uh, will be a big deal. Uh, now, on to something that's it, it's not a huge deal at this point, but I think it is, you know, it's a little bit of a reason for concern. So, JOK, uh, missing time, has to sit out because of the, the COVID-restricted list. And Tony Fields hurts his other foot. So two of your young linebackers uh, missing the beginning of training camp. How concerned? I'm not all that concerned about a JOK. You know, I, I, I think he's going to be okay. <laughs> I mean, the Joker uh, should be fine. You know, it's COVID-related, and, and I, don't, I don't see any problems there. But, uh, I, Dave, there was nothing beyond COVID with Joe uh, Joker, right? The D-Man, Dennis Maniloff, and I going to step aside, take a quick timeout on the other side of the break. Uh, we'll hear from Baker Mayfield about offensive continuity for this season. And what does Dan Orlovsky think about uh, five and a half as the over-under on Odell Beckham Jr.'s touchdown catches this year? That's straight ahead on Sports for CLE. Stay with us. Better days are ahead. Be ready with the training you'll need to get a great job. If you or your family has experienced financial hardship as a result of COVID-19, try seeking help with full tuition assistance. Whether you want to improve your skills, get certified, or train for a new career, go to try-c.edu to check out our programs and resources. So what are you waiting for? Register now for online and on-campus summer classes. Try-C is where futures begin. When it comes to selling you a mattress, most retailers are handing you a line, a long line of extra steps that drive up costs and create confusion. At the Original Mattress Factory, we simplify the mattress shopping experience by building mattresses and box springs in our own local factories and selling them direct to you. It's short, sweet, and simply makes sense. So experience more than just the mattress store. Experience an original, the Original Mattress Factory. The Ohio Lottery Partners in Education program recognizes role model students and teachers from across Ohio. Nominations can now be done completely online. To nominate a deserving teacher or student, go to ohiolottery.com. In the About section, find Partners in Education. There you will find links to the nomination forms. Students, kindergarten through 12th grade, can be academic all-stars. Teachers can be honored as a Teacher of the Month. The Ohio Lottery Partners in Education, where stars shine. Welcome back to Sports for CLE. I'm Dave Bacon. Baker Mayfield address the idea of continuity. So everybody's back pretty much uh, from the offense. Coaches are the same. Systems the same as well on the offensive side of the ball. How big of a deal is it for Baker Mayfield? It's pretty nice. Uh, yeah, first time in my career had all 11 starters um, come back and obviously some key role players as well. Uh, yeah, it's, it, it's good to know, you know, having the same system and everything, but just building that chemistry and as, you know, the more reps we get, the more experience we have together. Um, we're, we're truly enjoying going through this process and working together. And D-Man, um, there you hear it again, working. Uh, that, that is an, one, of the, uh, one of the buzzwords. Uh, working, working, working uh, comes from the coach, but it's, I'll take it. It's good to hear. Absolutely, Dave. Listen, I understand that as a number one overall pick in the draft, as as Mayfield was in 2018, tremendously high expectations. And, you know, to this point, he he hasn't wowed you with his statistics. Um, but I really like the maturation I've seen in Mayfield. At the very least, you know, the, the leader part of it and the, the fact that he's clearly bought into the work and he understands you know first one in last one out and he understands how valuable the offseason is he, he looks in really good shape and um you know so there's that part of the maturation i'm expecting his production to continue to increase and continue to be better and better as he goes um but i do want to say this though about continuity Plenty of other teams have continuity, too. Plenty of other teams have a bunch of good players back. And if I'm the Browns, I'm thinking, all right, 
this isn't happening. We're not playing this season in a vacuum. It's not just us. So we have to think, are we going to be better than the Ravens, for example? Are we going to be better than the Chiefs? Are we going to be better than the Bills? Those are the three that jump off the page to me in the AFC. Well, you you know, you look at the the Ravens. They've got plenty of guys back. You look at the Chiefs. I mean, I don't want to think about the guys they're coming back with because we're going to see them in week one. And, you know, and then you also got the Bills. They've got plenty back. So there's no guarantee that just because you have continuity – you're going to be better than the next, you know, the team you're chasing. Yeah, fair enough. But, I, you know, the one thing I would say is it gives Baker Mayfield the opportunity to take a step forward. That would be the, the main thing that I like about the continuity. It, it gives kind of puts him on, a, on at least an, an even playing field with what Josh Allen and Lamar Jackson have had. Uh, true. That, that's a great point, Dave. And it, it's better to have continuity than not as long as – the continuity you have stems from quality players. I mean, you don't want to be bringing back junk for a second straight year. And clearly the Browns are not bringing back junk. They have quality all over the place. So that's the kind of continuity you want. Fair enough. Uh, very good point. All right. So Dan Orlovsky um, talked about... Love Dan Orlovsky. Uh, he's been... Uh, he, he makes appearances very often on our show because because he says really good stuff. So here's what he had to say about uh, if he thought Odell Beckham Jr. would go over five-and-a-half touchdown catches this year. More, and I'm actually going to say that Odell is going to have six touchdown catches of 25 yards or more. That is one thing this offense is lacking, is big chunk pass plays down the field. They were tied for New England last year in 25-yard catches at 25th in the NFL. OBJ gives them that explosive element in their pass game, especially in the play-action aspect. I expect a huge season out of Odell this year. And, uh, D-Man, I'm, I'm right there with him. I, I expect the same. I haven't looked at Vegas. If, if that's the Vegas number for Odell, five and a half, then I am uh, getting in my family car and I'm driving to Presque Isle Downs and Casino in Erie, Pennsylvania because Ohio doesn't legalize sports gambling yet. Um, they're okay with name and likeness. Uh, make sure you hurry up and get that thing all, all set, but we don't want to do anything about legalized sports gambling. Uh, but I'm driving to Presque Isle, and I'm, I'm putting at least $10 on uh, Beckham to go over five and a half. That, that's pretty much my high-end uh, play at Presque Isle. But the point being, if Beckham doesn't do that if he's in the threes or fours with his tight end or his receiving uh, touchdowns then that's a problem for Cleveland because I, I know they there are plenty of guys who could score there are plenty of options and and being egalitarian can be uh, a useful approach but if Beckham is as good as he needs to be, if he's as healthy as he hopes to be, then he needs to be putting up big numbers, and part of those big numbers is certainly uh, are certainly touchdowns. And that's the thing; he may not even be a super duper high yardage guy, but when you get into the red zone, he's exactly the type of player you want. So I want the yards and the touchdowns, but. Even if I don't get the monster yards, I expect touchdowns because he's so athletic. He has the incredible leaping ability, the great hands, uh, the tiptoe on the in the corners. So that that was what had been lacking from Beckham since he joined the Browns is that end zone presence. Yeah, I would agree. So what I would say is, gas up the car. It's ninety east. 27 miles into Pennsylvania is where Presque Isle Downs and Casino is because ESPN.com, player prop bets, this is Caesar Sportsbook by William Hill. So it's not the same book. It's going to be pretty close, though. Pretty close. Um, Over-under for Odell Beckham touchdowns, 5.5. Over-under for Baker Mayfield yards, 
3,900 and a half. So what do you think? Over, under on uh, Mayfield? And I know you're, oh, I, I already know you're over on Odell with five and a half. All right. So 3,900 yards. Let, let me just say that 250 times four, four. So 16 games would be 4,000 yards. We, he, there's a 17th game in there. I, I, I'm guessing that the Bake Show, if he's healthy, is they're going to need him to play 17. He's going to be one of the few players. You know, quarterback is one of the few positions on the field where I don't think you automatically sub that guy out to give him a, a break in a 17-game season. So Mayfield going to be playing 17 games. Yes, he has running backs, but 3,900 feels a little low to me especially when defenses are most likely going to dare the Bake Show to beat them because they're tired of getting beat by Chubb. So I'm going to say over on the 3,900. Again, as we're in Ohio, entertainment purposes only. <laughs> so uh, I'm told they did the math in the control room. That would be 230 per game if he plays all 17. So, uh, yeah, I, I think I'm going over on that too. All right, this one. This, Dave, there were games last year where the, the Browns won where we know Mayfield didn't have to do much. You know, he didn't have to throw for even 200 yards. Well, you know, there were those. Spent with that. There but, were those windy games, too, where you couldn't throw the ball. There were a couple of those. Correct. But, but I think uh, overall, if he plays 17 games, he's going over 4,000 yards. Yeah, I would agree. All right, this, one, this one's kind of interesting. So it's quarterback tier rankings. Uh, this one done by the athletic Mike Sando. And um, number one, Aaron Rodgers uh, tied with Patrick Mahomes. Can't argue that. Brady is third. Russell Wilson is fourth. Deshaun Watson is fifth. But Baker Mayfield is down at 17, which I think is a little bit low. I mean, I don't know Mike Sando. I, I assume he, you know he's very good at what he does because he's with the athletic. But – to me, when I'm doing quarterback tiers, it's about, okay, what's the criteria? Because the one that I like to do is who, which, uh, how am I going to rank quarterbacks according to five years? I look at a, at a player and I say, in the next five years, which guy is going to get me the most victories and be the most productive if all the quarterbacks have the same talent at their disposal. Like the exact same roster, every quarterback, let's see who's the better one is. And when I do that, Mayfield sits around 11 to 13, no lower than 13. So here, if, Derek Carr if was... You're, if, if your threshold or if your criteria might be, okay, who's going to be the best next year, guaranteed next year, Tom Brady's up there, in other words. Because for five years, I'm not... Even for Brady, I'm not thinking he's going to play until he's 48, 49. Um, but if you're thinking, all right, this year coming up, and I, you know who's the best guy is, I still believe Mayfield is a top 12 to 13. I, I wouldn't put him down around 17. So here's another one: Carr was 15, Roethlisberger was 16, Mayfield was 17. I don't understand how Wait, you. Who was fifteen? Uh, Derek, Derek Carr. Carr. Yeah. I... Uh, in any rankings I do with uh, quarterbacks, I don't put Derek Carr ahead of Baker Mayfield. And, and I don't I think you can do. I don't think you can put Ben Roethlisberger anymore ahead of Baker Mayfield either. I really uh, don't. That's true. Does Sando have uh, Burrow ahead of him too? I believe so. Yes. I mean, because that's the thing. Nobody was a bigger fan of Joe Burrows than I was in at LSU. I mean, starting at Ohio State, but then LSU. And when he came to Cincinnati, I was, you know, unfortunate that he had to be in the same division. But the guy suffered a, you know, a catastrophic leg injury. I mean, a very, very serious leg injury. Reconstructive surgery required. So I don't put Burrow ahead of a lot of guys – until I see that Burrow is healthy and humming and definitely guaranteed to be as good as he once was. And once he does that, 
you know, and for his sake, I hope he does. Uh, once he does that, then I'll start moving him up the rankings. But for now, uh, it, it's a show me situation. Similar, uh, a similar type of threshold with Carson Wentz. Not so much injuries with Wentz as it is production, though. Carson Wentz, way back in the day, really, really good. He wasn't very good the past couple of years. The Colts got him because he wasn't good enough to stay with the Eagles. I need to see Wentz prove it in Indianapolis before I put him high on anybody on any rankings. Fair enough. Uh, Burrow was 14th in that list. The D-man and I get to step aside, take one more timeout. On the other side of the break, who does Jeff Saturday, former NFL player, think is the team to beat in the AFC North? We'll hear that. We'll hear why when Sports for CLE continues. Stay with us. back to sports for CLE. We continue talking uh, Browns football with the D-man Dennis Maniloff. So Jeff Saturday, former NFL offensive lineman on ESPN's Get Up, had this to say about the team to beat in the AFC North. No, they're not the team to beat. And I think Greg Roman has to kind of prove that he can take this offense to the next level. What Sam just said is, is perfectly stated. They didn't have an offseason last year. This year, what kind of changes are they going to make to that offense? Greeny, here's the bottom line. They have to tie in the passing game to match this running game. They do not do a good job of blending what you call complementary football. When all the runs and you have a play-action pass off of that run, they have got to get to this. Listen, when you talk about Lamar Jackson right now, 6% of the time they're under center. Greg Roman's talked about getting him under center more often, and also it's just zone lead and then drop back pass where everybody in the back defensive backfield can bail. What they need to do is make all the pass game look exactly like that run game. I can equate this to when I was with Peyton Manning with the Indianapolis Colts early in my career. We ran stretch outside zone, Greeny, and I'm telling you, you could not tell by the way Peyton faked that ball, whether it was going to be handed to Edron Jones or whether he was going to pull it up and throw the ball deep. Those are the type of details Roman and Lamar Jackson have to concentrate on if they want to go to the next level. This team is legit, just like their offensive line is good, but they have got to produce in that passing game. And the unstated there is he thought the Browns were the team to beat in the AFC North. D-Man, I I know you're like uh, pump the brakes and blocking your ears when you hear that kind of talk, Um, but I will say that's laid out very um, eloquently, kind of the thinking that I had when, when I think the Browns are right there neck and neck with the Ravens. Yeah, I, I mean, I I agree with what Jeff Saturday was saying about the Ravens, but I, I'm willing to give the Ravens the benefit of the doubt as the, uh, you know, the kings of this division right now. That That's all I'm saying. I, I, I believe the Browns are certainly capable of unseating the Baltimore Ravens atop the uh, the AFC North, but I've got to see it first before I automatically think, okay, they're guaranteed to be it, yeah, to that, be the division, the best in the division. Yeah, that's fair enough. That, absolutely fair enough. That's uh, the Ravens are definitely a good team. So uh, today, Browns out in Berea practicing without fans. Fans allowed in for the first time tomorrow to see training camp. Kevin Stefanski on Browns Daily talked about that and. Uh, the atmosphere of training camp with the fans. Yeah, Bo, I, I can't wait. And, uh, you know, I've, I've heard the stories. I haven't experienced it yet. And and what we're doing to have uh, the fans out there and, and, and in a safe manner, I just think it's going to be awesome. I can't wait to hear them. I think there's a juice, obviously, that the fans bring to, to, to practice. I, I know our players are going to be excited about it. Uh, they yeah. enjoy to be uh, cheered. <laughs> Who doesn't? Yeah. Um, so I think it's, it's a great energy for them. And, and I think back to, 
you know, the fans that we did have in First Energy Stadium last year, how loud they were. I mean, that is, that's our weapon when we're at home. That, that's a, you know, that's a huge part of, of home field advantage. So to get to see a little bit of that uh, tomorrow, I, I know I'm looking forward to it. And, and I, I, I'm very positive that the, our team is looking forward to it as well. All right, D-Man, so for you, if you were a fan, go into training camp tomorrow, what are you looking at? What do you want to see? What intrigues you the most? Well, first of all, Dave, I I totally forgot that Stefanski, you know, this is year two, and last year he didn't have fans at camp. So that that is um, interesting, to say the least. But if I'm going out there, I'm, of course, going to the offense first. I want to see how Baker looks. How's the release? How's the velo? Uh, how's the accuracy? The usual checklist for the quarterbacks. And then I'll move to the the wide receivers and, and of course, look for 13 and see how Beckham's doing uh, and Jarvis and, and see if uh, Hollywood Higgins is back after rolling his ankle. Um, you know, I, I'm so confident in Nick Chubb that I have no no concerns about him. I wouldn't even... I mean, I watch him, but it's like, you know, I know he's going to be great. Uh, and then, you know, on the defensive side, I, I, I'm going to look at the corners. I want to see how these corners are doing and, and how they're moving their feet and how they're covering guys. I'll be looking for uh, a Greedy Williams uh, to, to do some things. And, you know, uh, other guys coming off injuries from last year. All right, before I let you go, Indians did make a trade. They traded Cesar Hernandez to the White Sox for a uh, 23-year-old left-handed pitcher, uh, Connor Pickington, Pickling, and um, left-handed pitcher, 23 years old. Um, Pilkington has the lowest average against in AA South. Uh, Hitters batting just 173 against him. But again, you know... Team option for Hernandez. Indians aren't going to really catch anybody in the wild card. When you look at this, just the whole trade. Well, I'm getting destroyed on Twitter, Dave, because I dared suggest that it was a penny-pinching move, that the Dolans were trying to save every last penny. Oh, you don't understand, Dennis. He was a terrible defensive player, and the Indians have uh, a bevy of infield prospects who are just waiting to smash down the door in Cleveland, and he was holding up a spot. You're an idiot. You haven't done your research. You don't realize how this stuff works. Okay, fine. All I'm saying is I'm looking at a guy who had a club option for $6 million next year, a guy who's on pace to hit in the mid-20s for home runs. He has 18 before August. Um, I'm trying to win in 2022, and I think Cesar Hernandez is bad is part of that equation. Do I expect him to be dramatically improved defensively next year? Not necessarily, but he can't be as bad as he's been this year, I don't think. Um, but I love the bat. I think he was miscast as a leadoff batter. He's not over the hill in his early 30s. And what I've always heard from major league players is this. Prospects are just that, prospects. They haven't done anything at the major league level. Otherwise, they wouldn't be called prospects, okay? And what do we hear in this town over and over and over again? Oh, here come the prospects. Here come the prospects. Here come the prospects. And how many times do we see a guy who's supposed to be awesome come up to this league and fail, all right? The other part of it is this. I, I, I've, again, on Twitter, just gotten lit up. Oh, you don't understand how many great in middle infield prospects are waiting to play major league level. All right. Dave, correct me if I'm wrong. Did the Indians not have a bevy of middle infield prospects 12 months ago? Did they? I mean, or no, not six months ago. Yeah. Seven, eight months ago. Whenever it, it came time to re-sign Cesar Hernandez. Remember that? He was a free agent, right? And they re-signed him. And they didn't just re-sign him. They signed him to a one-year plus a club option for a total value of $11 million. $5 million guaranteed this year, $6 million in the club option next year. So my question is, why did the Indians waste their time this past offseason in re-signing Cesar Hernandez? 
if there were so many youngsters waiting to take his spot and they just had to play, why did you waste potentially $11 million on bringing him back? Fair question. The D-man, Dennis Maniloff, as always, appreciate the time and the insight. Thanks very much, Dennis. You got it, Dave. All right, uh, Dennis Maniloff. We're going to step aside take a quick time out. On the other side of the break, we will check in with Tim Bielek from The Plain Dealer as well as Cleveland.com. Sports for CLE. We'll be right back. Stay with us. It's starting to get back on track, and you can too. If you or your family have experienced financial hardship as a result of COVID-19, try seeking help with full tuition assistance. Safely get the in-demand degree or training you need with online and on-campus classes. Go to trysee-edu to check out our programs and resources. So, what are you waiting for? Register now for summer classes. Tri-C is where futures begin. The Ohio Lottery Partners in Education program recognizes role model students and teachers from across Ohio. Nominations can now be done completely online. To nominate a deserving teacher or student, go to ohiolottery.com. In the About section, find Partners in Education. There you will find links to the nomination forms. Students, kindergarten through 12th grade, can be academic all-stars. Teachers can be honored as a Teacher of the Month. The Ohio Lottery Partners in Education, where stars shine. CLE continues. We continue talking Browns football. Day two of training camp. Uh, Browns will allow fans in for the first time tomorrow. Uh, Kevin Stefanski uh, talked about how he has seen Baker Mayfield communicating more with his wide receivers this season in training camp. As a quarterback, now you have a firm grasp. Now you can go get the nuance with the receivers. You can rhythm up with the tight ends and, and talk through it. Uh, so I think that's where we are, and I think that's any good quarterback wants to hear from the receivers, wants to hear from the pass catchers and understand what they're seeing as they uh, go out on their routes and, and, and so that they're seeing the same thing. And I think that's a very natural thing to happen uh, throughout the course of practice. Let's welcome in Tim Bielek, reporter for The Plain Dealer as well as Cleveland.com. Tim, um, it's, it's kind of nice. I think that uh, is a step towards kind of taking command of this offense for Baker Mayfield as well. Yeah, it's kind of, I think, what we anticipated seeing um, throughout, you know, going into the second season is, you know, he doesn't have to think about what the play is. He doesn't have to get a play call and think, oh, what's Odell doing in this way? Oh, what's Jarvis doing? This is kind of that next level stuff that, you know, we kind of talk about when now he's in his second year. Now he doesn't have to think about, you know, what the plays are. He just knows them. Now we, we get into the nuances of those little important things. Stefanski, of course, talking about, you know, how he kind of wants to know what the receiver's thinking on each particular play. Those little details are what take an offense another level. When the quarterback's not only thinking about what the play is, but where he wants to put the football, but how the receiver sees things, what they're seeing in different coverages, every little detail that he can kind of put in his head. He's like, okay, on this play, say, Odell wants to do this, and this is where I should put the football. That's where he's expecting it. Those are the kind of things you can start to build upon when you're not learning new plays, when you're not learning new terminology, when you're not doing all these things that are just the fundamental concepts of putting an office together. This is kind of why I say when you're learning a playbook, it's like algebra. In this case here, you're starting to get into pre-calculus when you're starting to learn more and more of the details to really put take an offense to a different level. Yeah, and, and you know, Baker Mayfield admits um, he feels much, much more comfortable. He's more familiar with the offense. And the end result is 
he's expecting a lot from himself. Here it's been, you know, chemistry with these guys and some a lot of the same faces, but we haven't had the same system the whole time. So I think now, um, you know, I'm truly making, hoping to make a huge jump uh, of, you know, taking care of the ball and being efficient. I mean, just looking at different uh, QBs uh, and, and researching them uh, where they were from third to fourth year. The one, like Drew Brees, I don't know if you ever noticed this, but in his third year, he yeah, what you'd probably call a bad year before his career took off. But uh, uh, do you feel like you reached a good place in your third year and you're in a much better place now, or is it way too say you're in a much better place as camp is just beginning? I can play a whole lot better than last year. I know that. Uh, you know, I'm trying to improve each year. Um, and when it comes to looking at other guys in third to fourth years, I, I don't compare myself to anybody. I try and be the best version of me, and I think that's what we try and stress in this building is uh, – it matters what goes on. If you're getting better, the team's getting better, and we're pushing each other, and do your job first and foremost. And, and Tim, uh, the, the part I liked about that, didn't hesitate, didn't. I can play a lot better than last year. Yeah, and I think it goes back to the things we said about Mayfield that, you know, as good as he's been at times throughout his short NFL career, particularly the end of his rookie year, the end of 2020, he hasn't put it together for a complete season. It was great in the second half of this year, but – was inconsistent throughout the first part of last year. I look at the Baltimore game, the game in Pittsburgh, those two games in particular, you know, obviously those are situations where, you know, you're still learning the offense probably. By the second half of the season, he looked like the guy who was the number one pick. Now the challenge for him is to put it all together. Can he put a complete season out there? Can he play 17 games as effectively as possible. That's where, you know, you see the great quarterbacks really start to elevate where, you know, you maybe only have one bad game because let's be real. These guys are human. They're going to have a bad game once in a while, but way more often than not, you see Aaron Rodgers have great games. Russell Wilson's going to have a great game. You don't what you don't wonder when they're going to have a big game. That's where I think the next step for Baker is, is to get to the point where way more often than not, he's playing effectively. He's having very good games multiple touchdowns, very few interceptions, if any. That's the next step for him to really get where he and the Browns need to be. You know, the other thing that um, Baker Mayfield addressed is, you know, he he knows he has to be the leader, and because he understands the offense more, he's just more comfortable in that role right now. Absolutely. I think, you know, like I said, now going into the second training camp in this system and, and knowing the, the ins and outs and the little nuances that are, are so important of being able to overemphasize those. Um, and just because I might think that somebody knows the little details, over-communicate because I, I think that's that's the most important part right now is, like I said, you know, yeah, it's continuity. Everybody's saying same system, same people, but you have to emphasize those little details over and over. Uh, but I'm definitely a lot more comfortable to do that this year. And Tim, uh, again, you know, the details matter. They usually add up to... to Small things add up to big things that add up to wins in football, usually. Yeah, the NFL is all about details. You know, it's the next le- it's the highest level of football when every little detail matters. And I kind of want to go back to something he said about over-communicating. You know, I, there's leadership seminars. I know I've been to one or two in my lifetime. And one of the things they, that I've heard that always sticks out with me is if, you're, if you want guys to be 100%, you have to be about 120%. You have to give more than you expect from the other guys to get them to the level you want them to be. So Baker understands that. And I find that very interesting that, you know, there's no such thing as over communicating. I don't think you want everybody to be on the same page. You want those details to be, you know, understood through every guy that comes in the huddle, comes off the sideline to get into the play, to understand exactly what they want to do. That's where you have everybody on the same page because, like I said, it's a details game in the NFL, and it's about communication. When you have those two things down, you can certainly do a lot of good things. Yeah, and, and you know, one thing that hasn't been questioned, Baker Mayfield is a leader. So Tim Bielik and I are going to step aside, take a quick time out. On the other side of the break, we will hear from Kevin Stefanski about his coaching staff and the work they want to put in for training camp. We'll also hear from John Johnson, one of the new Browns. Sports for CLE will be right back. Stay with us.
continue talking Browns training camp tomorrow out in Berea. Fans allowed into training camp for the first time this season. Browns wrapping up the second of two closed practices today. Kevin Stefanski talked about his favorite word, work, and what he expects from his coaching staff as well. Uh, when you're on campus, <laughs> you're here to work, and that's what we're doing in the meeting rooms. And then out on the field, you know, what I love to do as a head coach is I get to stand there and, and take it all in and to see our coaches coach and, and to see them not waste any opportunity to go make a player better. Uh, that's just that's so great for me to see from my vantage point. And Tim, we've talked a little bit about messaging. The message from Kevin Stefanski is clear. <laughs> it's about work. I mean, it's all over the building. You hear it from the players. You hear it from him. Um, you probably can't say it enough. Yeah, and I mean, you know, just seeing some of the stuff that Miles Garrett was saying yesterday, what Jarvis Landry was saying yesterday, you know, I think there's an understanding for, that Kevin Stefanski is, you know, sending throughout the team, you know, that, you know, making the playoffs, winning a game in the playoffs, that's not the goal. The goal is to be the last one standing, to be one of the two teams, you know, that's in Los Angeles for the Super Bowl and to ultimately be the one holding the Vince Lombardi trophy. And, and until you get there, part of, you have to keep working to get there. So he understands that process. He certainly got the attention of the room. He's got the buy-in of everybody, you know, from the coaches to the players. You just see it from the way they're working, the way they're talking. Actions speak louder than words, and he's clearly put it, put his imprint on that. And based on the way, you know, everybody talks about that, everybody reacts to that, the culture that's been building with the team for the past year and year and change, that he clearly has their attention and they're willing to follow him, which is a great sign for a football team. Yeah, without question. And, and you know, Coach of the year in that crazy COVID year, um, trying to follow it up and, and get deeper in the playoffs. All right. Key addition to the Browns, John Johnson, uh, free agent signing, came over from the number one ranked defense last year, the Los Angeles Rams. Now, Johnson talked about he's versatile. He can play all over the field, doesn't really have a favorite position. Also spoke about what he sees from this Browns defense. Different game plan requires you know to be in a different spot so whatever it is for that week you know I just want to study the film and put myself in the shoes of another guy playing in that spot and try to you know do it better than he did so I, I don't think it's one specific position but I think you know the matchups and wherever I fit best I'm gonna try to do it to the best of my ability. John you were here for some spring practices I know it's the very beginning of training camp but can you get a sense for how good this defense can be from being on the field with the guy? I mean, the sky's the limit. You know, whatever we put in from now to week one is, is what it's going to be. So it starts, you know, yesterday, and we're going to keep stacking the blocks on top of each other. But I think the sky's the limit. You know, I've been on a, a pretty solid defense, and there's not too many differences. So I think the sky's the limit for us. Again, John Johnson and Tim, uh, news came out today that it will be Anthony Walker, the linebacker, who wears the green dots as the communications guy calling defensive signals. That's something that John Johnson did for that top-ranked defense uh, for the Rams. But at the end of the day, um, the expectations that the defense have for themselves, probably the most important thing, and John Johnson's giving you a little glimpse of that. Yeah, absolutely. You look at the talent they've added on defense, not just John Johnson. They signed him, of course, his teammate from Los Angeles and Troy Hill. You draft Greg Newsome to be a potential starting corner opposite Denzel Ward. You draft Jeremiah Usu-Cormo. We'll see him at some point next week when he comes off the reserve COVID-19 list. Anthony Walker, who just talked about how he's getting the going to get the radio, is going to be calling the defensive signals. And, of course, to Davian Clowney. There's no question that the talent on this defense is night and day what it was a year ago. And the thing that stood out to me, again, is kind of what he said at the beginning, how the game plan is going to change. And I think that's where the Joe Woods defense is going to be very interesting to me. And the reason I say that is because we've seen how much the NFL has changed. You know, it happened in college football a lot faster than it did the NFL, but the way it's changing where you're going to have to go up against a team that's going to run four receivers like the Bengals or a team that's going to run down your throat or whatever, like the Ravens are going to, you have to be able to have personnel that can handle those different situations. So it, it's almost like a week to week game plan and having guys with versatility like Johnson has where he could play safety, could play down the box and a defensive coordinator in woods who has said he, wa he wants to run all sorts of defenses up to three safeties in his starting lineup. 
you want that versatility because you don't, you're going to go up against something different every single week in this league. So to have a defense that it can adapt to all those different things that is not necessarily beholden to one particular thing and then has the personnel to, to play those areas, not just, not just the personnel and numbers, but in quality as well to do those things gives, I think, the best chance for success. So we'll see how it all comes together. Again, I'm not expecting them, you know, in week one, week two, to become the 85 Bears by any stretch of the imagination. But it's a defense that should certainly get better as it goes along when Joe Woods really figures out what he's got on that side of the football. Yeah, I agree with that. Uh, Tim Bielek from The Plain Dealer and Cleveland.com. As always, Tim, appreciate the time and the insight. Thanks very much. You got it. Thanks for having me, guys. All right, Tim Bielek from The Plain Dealer and Cleveland.com. That'll do it for this edition of Sports for CLE. We will uh, see you again tomorrow. We will wrap up the NBA draft. We'll tell you who the Cavs get at that third pick. We'll also uh, get a little bit of insight what they might do. We will also be joined by Jeff Risden from BrownsWire.com. Fans back in Berea for training camp for the first time in a long, long time. We will see you again tomorrow at 4 o'clock. Have a great night, everybody.